All right, you angry southern mob. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Pat Sellers. And I'm Sean Kelly. And we wish it was the 90s. I thought I had you pegged, Sam. I thought you were going to call our listeners goose steppers. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't hear that. That was a good line. Ooh. Ew. And old soldiers, soldiers, Meg calls the Nazis goose steppers about five times. <laughs> Shows how much I was paying attention in the uh, the old soldiers. No, the only one I was thinking was the Howling Commanders. No, good cameo from the Howling Commanders. Anyway, uh, welcome back to our final or is yeah. it <laughs> episode of Exos Men, the animated series. Um, where we'll be discussing briefly Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theatre, Old Soldiers, Hidden Agendas, Descent, and Graduation. Um, and uh, yeah, we might look to breeze through them to get to our thoughts on the series as a whole. Um, and I say, or is it? I'll save that for the end, Sam. I've got some good news for you. Oh, um, you. <laughs> uh, before we dive straight in, feel free to give us a follow on the socials at WIWT90S on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, we've got a Facebook page that doesn't do anything. I'm considering changing it to more of a just uh, more like the other socials, just posting things. Less, less of a group, more of a just uh, this is us, but yeah. Um, and feel free to give us a, a review on your um, pod, podcast uh, server of choice. Um, all we care about is the stars. Uh, five stars would be great. Leave a comment, mug us off. We don't care. Um, and um, if you're listening and you know someone who might want to listen or someone needs something to fall asleep, recommend. Recommend. Yes, please. Tell you what, in terms of the quality of this podcast, I'm halfway through our most recent episode, The Castle, which I wasn't on. And that's some good content. If you're tuning into this one and you haven't listened to The Castle, go back, listen. It's real good. Even if you haven't seen it, maybe watch it first. It's an Australian film. Maybe not. I don't know. But it's a good episode. Right. It's great. So, Let's be honest, we're the town. only ones listening to this. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> that oh, was basically on, an that's... ad for us. I don't know. I don't know enough people that live in America to for that to be our second biggest market and for that to just be our friends. Mm. VPN, um, maybe? Pardon? VPN? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time with a VPN. <laughs> um, anyway, Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theatre. I wrote a note before I started watching it. Without opening this episode, I remember that it's my least favourite episode of the series. Let's fucking whip through this. Um... Okay. In total, Brief, out, of, real, out of every episode, this is your most hated one. As I as I recall it, um, now I'm not so sure. Still didn't really like it, but I kind of like I was okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> thought it was going to be worse once it opened up. Anyway, yeah. so anyway, so what happens is Ju- Professor X gets Jubilee to lead a group of school tr- children on a tour of the caves that are underneath the mansion. Um, first time we've seen those. Clearly um, very unstable because they get caught in a cave-in. I, it just seems right from the outset that this is not a safe place for a school field trip. 
Um, and so the water in the cave rises. She's 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 kind of having to save them and keep them calm. So she tells them, a, she she spins them a yarn about a medieval fairy tale of knights, princesses, trolls, and dragons. Um, some of these characters characters might even resemble the actual X Men. <laughs> Um, oh dear! It's a it's another classic case of you know which voice actors were available and which which weren't because Cyclops and Jean are referenced as like a knight and a princess, but they aren't actually in it at all. <laughs> um, are they right at the end? But it's a weird voice potentially. Well, speaking of weird voices, did anyone else notice that Gambit's voice has completely changed? Uh, yeah, that was uh, cool. although. Was it just for this episode? I didn't feel like it was for later ones. It's definitely different in uh, Graduation. I can't remember if he really features in any of the other ones. Um, anyway, um, there's also a blonde guy who pops up who's like a civilian. I was like, he's got a mullet. Is like, that supposed to be long shot? I thought it was long shot, yeah. Mm. But then he gets beaten up pretty quickly. But, but it kind of makes sense because Jubilee had a thing for him. Well, the only thing, and I don't even remember who says it. Oh, it must be Magneto. I mean, whoever Magneto is supposed to be in this thing. Oh, no, it's Sabretooth. It's definitely Sabretooth. (laughs) Surrender the crystal and I promise your destruction will be painless. I just, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about this, but I've got a question for you, Sam, as a teacher who's been on a field trip or two. Uh, mate, the do, Rams were not done on this. Do you, do you think in a, a life-threatening situation on a field trip that telling a um, fairy tale to the kids would keep them calm? Um, depending on the age. Like, I've been in a um, lockdown situation with a bunch of six-year-olds. And, like, there, we, there was a bomb threat. And we were literally all in the corner of a room and I was reading them stories that I could get my hands on from the corner of the room. And then I ran out of stories, so I just was telling them stories. Um, and it was fine. You're, you're a good man. Um, it was fine. It's great but work. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't think it would work. Especially these kids look pretty old too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, made me think, how old is Jubilee at this point? Because she seems to be leading a bunch of kids that she was previously the same age as. Why the fuck are the X-Men taking guided tours of the caves underneath? Like Their secret base where they run a paramilitary group out of. That's on brand, though. That's on brand for Chuck, you know, putting kids yeah, in is. danger constantly. The only thing I... Um, Oh, Meg got mugged off in the story with his character. Yeah. Like the ogre or the ogre or whoever it was. <laughs> did, did, did you think it seemed a bit Wizard of Ozzy, the story that she was telling? Uh, it's a little bit of that, a little bit Lord of the Ringsy. Like, it, it was a bit Robin Hood esque as well. Yeah. When Jean spoke at the end, yeah, it was mm. Robin Hoodie at the start. At the end, when Jean spoke, she sounded like the nice witch, like exactly the same as that nice witch. Yeah, it's true. X resembled the talking the great head, Oz. the great Oz. Um, oh, yeah. 
And at good. the end, when she's like trots off into the horizon, it's like she's got the lion and tin man with her. Yeah. Plagiarism. It's good it's Plagiarism. Yeah. It's, I guess as well, though, in defense of the writers, if they were really putting themselves in the shoes of Jubilee, she's going to steal a story. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, she does that. She makes herself a pretty mint character. Like, she gives me a bit of uh, Matt Damon vibes in Google Hunting. Like, <laughs> wrote the story and just like made himself in the center of it. And like, I'm amazing. This is my character. Yeah, she still what... sucks in her own story. Yeah, yeah. She was um, there, should we get? Should we get moving on? Yeah, boy. Now, I have fond memories of old soldiers, but I was very, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> I was real confused. Um, so, Wolverine's having a flashback to his World War II days, which I'm going to come back to in a minute, um, and teamed up with Captain America. And uh, Wolverine and Cap have to break into a, a Nazi base. Uh, to re- rescue a kidnapped scientist, Andre Cocteau, um, and um, and end up fighting the Red Skull. Um, the Red Skull's mint. Red Skull is mint. Um, he's, the interesting thing about Red Skull and comic book lore is that because he's mint, they keep trying to find ways to bring him back, even though he's a World War II villain. And so uh, it loses every time it loses, you know, you can do good stories with it, but every time it just loses a little bit compared to, you know, how mint it is for them to be, you know, sworn enemies during World War II. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an all right episode. Um, although I was a bit chafed at the end when, um, when Wolverine finds out the truth about Cocteau and he wasn't a double agent he was actually a triple agent or whatever and so to honour him he defaces his tombstone (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was weird it was all very confusing I was yeah I was fizzing for this off off the uh, little thumbnail on Disney Plus when you got Captain America there and it opens quite good and funny where um, he's got the old boys that he obviously served with at the graveyard looking at another grave and they came, come over and he's immediately aggressive to them and as they walk away he's like got sad face he's like but I'd love to go to the bistro with you <laughs> he keeps he makes a few 180s in this and it, it's really weird um, there's a cu- couple of things that I was really intrigued by obviously we've discussed this before about how in the comic books his claws are part of his body but when the series came out, that hadn't been established. But by the time this episode comes out, I'm pretty sure it has. But they've had to obviously run with the line that they've gone from the Weapon X episodes or whatever that the claws are given to him. But they really ham fist in how much he likes those rock climbing claws. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would not be helpful to climb a rock face. <laughs> it's like he's not given Cap any advantage of getting up this cliff face with <laughs> these ridiculous claws. The other thing, but Cap spoke with him. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, 
other thing I wanted to ask is, did we not spend several episodes establishing that Meg can't remember his past? And he's got uh, vivid memories of World War Two. And um, have I watched all these 76 episodes? I'd like to think so. Why is Captain America in this episode? Because Captain America... What the Amer- fuck? <laughs> this is X-Men. X-Men are part of the Marvel Universe. But there's been no other, any other crossovers whatsoever. Nah, there's been like hints. Like I think we got a glimpse of yeah, Doctor, we got Strange. Doctor Strange. We got an image of Spider-Man shooting his webs. Maybe it was a shadow or something. Yeah, but I thought yeah. it was some others. So question, yeah. these last two episodes, feels like they've been doing some different things. They've been trying different things in season five, possibly because mm. they were going to get cancelled. Um, but are these two both comics? Based off comics, anyway? Jubilee's theory t- fairy tale theatre is no comic I've read. It might be out there, but... I've I, won't, ne- I won't be hunting it down. No, I've never come across that. And I've... I've read a pretty good chunk of 90s, because Jubilee only comes in in the 90s, maybe late 80s at best. I would have read most of her 90s appearances because I've read nearly every X-Men comic from the 90s, and I also read all of Generation X, Volume 1, which is like 95 to 99 or something like that. But is she Kitty Pride in the comics? No, no, Kitty Pride's... Ex- Jubilee and Kitty Pride exist in the comics. Kitty Pride was like the teen kid of the eighties. Uh, it just seems seems both both these episodes seems that they would read really. It would be really hard to make them as comics. I'd be interested because there's definitely an established history of Wolverine as um, fighting in many wars because he's so old. But I'd be interested to know if they had established a link to Captain America at this point, or if this if the cartoon is actually trend setting there. Because um, yeah, Cap- the Howling Commandos is definitely something that they were like around in like the fifties, maybe. Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. I was going to start calling you Pinky Pinkerton. <laughs> Oh, well, is he, is he, I'll start calling you Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah, it's the other <laughs> name I've got down here. He's done research. He's came come with research, even though he missed all the times that they called the uh, the enemy goose steppers, like mm. Uncle Adolf's goose stepping goons. Yeah, there's that part where he goes, <laughs> Uncle Adolf's goose stepping goons at the police cell. That was good, Bob. Um. I just it, it kind of annoys me that he likes Captain America. Meg likes Captain America, but hates Cyclops because um, they seem like the tracks. same, pretty much the same person. Yeah, I I didn't think about that, but I did think about the similarity between Cap and Cyclops. Like at one point, he's like, "I really like you," or something like something weird like that. Mm. Um, they um, maybe the difference is Cap. Instantly, like, because Wolverine's already been quite meggy, but Cap just like gets on with the job with him, whereas One Eye is always hounding him. Mm, yeah, he's always complaining about something. 
Um, yeah. the, the only other quote I wrote down is when Cap um, says something to Meg about how if we can just get out of, if I could just get to my shield, we'd be out of here. And Meg goes, oh, is that all? No sweat. I've had a harder time opening cans of tuna, pal. Better get ready, glory boy. <laughs> those God, he those contraptions they've, they've been captured inside of, those like torture devices, are ridiculous as well. I know this is um, a kid's cartoon, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, if Captain America's Red Skull's arch nemesis, why didn't he destroy him on the spot? They took care of the, like, the big bad at the end, like that big robot, very comfortably. Like it got mm. built up the, to like this guy's invention. It was this giant re robot. And it was like, okay, now he's dead. We just bought him. He shot, shot bullets at us and missed. And then we just ripped him apart. <laughs> um, Sam, mm. I think you need to lift your podcast background. I'm looking over there at Pat. I can see all his pop heads sitting on his floating shelves over there. We got Superman sitting behind me, and you've got curtains, mate. You need some nerd culture. Nah, my house app isn't big enough, mate. You want to borrow my Doctor Doom? <laughs> Don't out my pop collection. <laughs> I got to purchase a Meg char- character of some description, action figure. I saw the other day, and you. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird play to make because it's like, it was like me and Pat were at the movies the other night and there was a guy wearing an X-Men t-shirt. Oh, you went to the movies without me? Did you really want to go and see Ant-Man and Wasp Woman? Definitely not, even though I've never met Pat in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there was a, there was a guy going to, and he had a matching X-Men t-shirt and X-Men cap. And I'm like, I'm an X-Men nerd. I wouldn't oh, Did do you that. tell him about the podcast? No, I mugged him off. No, it's your end. To Pat and Ellis. <laughs> I said, that's like, that's, like, that's like wearing your Hornets jersey and your Hornets starter cap. <laughs> I can't um, believe I think he, he was really hanging out for an X-Men cameo in that movie. He would have... Uh, what I was going to say is... He would have to sleep. I can't, I can't remember what shoe brand it is, but it's like a reputable shoe brand, like a Converse or a Nike or have released... Um, I think like three or four different X-Men themed shoes. And there's a Meg one for you. I'm down for that. Mm. Hopefully they're um, Jordan-esque. I'd love a, a pair of like Air Jordans, but with, with an X-Men theme. Although if I wore them to the movies, would you mug me off? We'll be giving them away tonight. to our 1,000th viewer of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, we will. We will. We'll be here for fucking ever. All right. Hidden agendas. <laughs> yeah, hidden agendas. Pat, before we talk anything about it, is this your favourite episode? Um, It's hard to say. It'd, it'd be up there, but it's only up there because of the main character being Sam Guthrie Cannonball, who I'm a massive fan of. Um. I was a massive fan of him as a kid because I was a blonde kid and uh, I thought I kind of looked like Cannibal mostly from like X-Men Evolution and the 90s comics because he was blonde rather than, uh, you know, well, he's got like a flat he top, was, ranger he, haircut and massive wingnut ears and this, but <laughs> he looked quite mint. Yeah, I was I had both the Guffrey kids had brown hair in this and the comics. 
Like, they're both, like, ridiculously blonde. Yeah. I thought I looked uh, like them, even though I had, you know, an yeah, undercut so, and massive buck teeth. <laughs> Cannonball came around in the 80s with the New Mutants, but in the mid-90s, he became part of the X-Men for the first time. I reckon that's probably around the time that me and Pat were reading X-Men briefly. Yeah. Before yeah. I went back as an adult, because I'm an idiot. Anyway, so what happens this, right? So Sam Guthrie's parents have contacted uh, Chuck about their son's mutant, mutant powers. Rogue goes back because it's, you know, it's in the south and she's from the south. And I think initially she gets a bit like, you know, Sam's a bit of a town hero. So she's a, she, I guess she's a bit jealous because she, she, that's the life she never got. But things, things turn on the young cannonball. And there's... Um, there's, there's some there's some evil intent afoot, and Mister Kirkland seems particularly evil. And uh, yeah, Rogue has to help out, and all, all sorts of shit goes down. The army's certainly not not there to help him. Um, Cannibal at the end, even though his family has to move from the town, Cannibal just decides to stick it out with his family. Did I miss anything? Heaps of mind. That's about it. Uh, basically his powers, I guess. He can fly cool and powers. he's basically impenetrable when he flies. Yeah, he's mm. got wicked powers. Yeah. They, they actually look quite good in this too. Even yeah, they the, did. I thought the majority that of the animation's gone downhill a little bit at this point. But mm. So when, did a good so job when he's boosting, he's like bulletproof. Like he's basically, He basically can't be stopped, right? Is that how it works? Yep. He's like invulnerable when he's at when he's cannonballing, but when he's not, he's just a normal bloke. Yeah, that's why he's got it's that like big you sort after of glow a few around lights, Bob. <laughs> you to watch out for it. Uh, hey, yeah, um, he's got undeniably cool powers. So you, so you're you're a big fan, Pat. So is that the only thing he can do? Is because it seemed like he had lots more powers than that. Um, you know, you can kind of use them in different ways. You can kind of shoot off the bits of his power, but yeah, it's basically being a human cannonball in some ways, but with a little bit more control than I suppose an actual cannonball does. Um, he doesn't need more powers than that. Um, I think it was yeah. Mister Kirkland, not Kirkland, oh, randomly. Oh no, I I thought it was Kirkland, and then I was like looking something up, and it said Kirkland. Kirkland. Yeah, like Kirkland. Had they used he... Kirkland already and they're like, we had to go back, I'll just change it to Kirkland. His wrinkled face was suspicious from the start. Oh, eh? I, that's my, my, I've got, my, I've got uh, Cannibal and so his little sister Paige also becomes a X-Men character called Husk, whose power mm. is disgusting. So her power is, whatever the situation is, she can rip off her skin and underneath her body will be formed with whatever it is to protect her in that situation. Jeez. And then after, and then once the situation's calmed, she could rip that off and go back to being normal. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Husk's a good name. Yeah. Really? I she think was, there's a whole bunch of kids same... though, isn't there? He's got yeah, like the, the Guthrie family is supposed to be huge. Yeah. Real Southerners. Um, I also noted that there was a Superman reference in this episode. Can't remember what it was, but, you know, <laughs> that happens. 
Um, and oh, I, I reveled. I just reveled in this the uh, the angry mob. Mm. It was a that was great. He killed my marriage. <laughs> it kind of seemed like it was really getting back to its roots and just like you know the the bigotry towards the mutants and the and the village. Who was uh, yeah, it was really getting back to its roots. The show mm. here it was good stuff. My, my favorite quote was, "I heard you was making time with Shelley." <laughs> <laughs> That was the oh god at the diner. Uh, um, so the only other thing I noticed about this episode is there's at the end when the mobs mobbing and the X Men turn up, the prof knocks everyone out with a psychic whatever, and they're all like frozen or I can't even remember, but he like basically stops them in their tracks, and I'm just like, where the fuck was this? And nearly every other battle that wasn't against a robot. He's like, not in many, though. Well, maybe he should be. Yeah. Because if you can do that, you can walk into a room of people and just be like, ah, sleep. I figured it out. What's that? While the X-Men are fighting, he's taking children on guided tours. Hmm. I was going to say not good for a wheelchair, but it's not a wheelchair, is it? It's a floaty chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he makes all his money. Got that floaty chair patent. Floaty chair and tours. <laughs> was was <laughs> you know the Ministry one... of Education's forking out for that? <laughs> was Unit One mentioned at the end of this episode? Couldn't say. And, and it looked like it looked like the Hulk. They uh, they they drop it oh, down. Yeah. Was but like, it was Hulk. What was that? Was that no? It was like a mutant that they um, experimented on, and it got destroyed ex- like straight away. Yeah, they did say it wasn't ready. <laughs> it really wasn't ready. Anything else? Sure. Pat. I was thinking it reinvigorated my luck for Cannibal and go back and. See where he's where he is in the comics now. Is he, is he in the current New Mutants? Not really, because they're doing the younger, younger New Mutants. But he's because uh, he he married an alien bird and lives out. In hey, well, Shi'ar space. Uh, Your mates, the Shi'ar Sam. Yeah. Oh, they come back in the fucking episode they had, ten. They they had a kid, and that's meant to be ridiculously powerful, and then that's just never got written about again, as far as I know. It's just like a, from it's like just like a toddler. Um, but, and I, I did message this to Pat the other day. Um, for the last three years in X-Men comics, they have a, like, a annual issue that's like, a, it's a gala, and at the gala, um, all the mutants vote for who they think should be on the X-Men because Cyclops and Jean wanted a democracy um, against the prof's wishes. And, but, what, but what Marvel Comics do is they, they put a list of mutants on their website and you can go to it and vote for who you want to join the X-Men. And Cannonball was on the list. So despite me wanting to vote for Dazzler, because I just think she's got really cool powers, um, I cool voted powers. for Cannonball for Pat. Yeah, you ought to. Any Did listeners out there, go and vote for him. Yeah, I voted. He's got the best okay. powers. What about Dazzler's powers? Well, I mean, I suppose her powers is being being wicked good at music, right? 
And, but doesn't she like turn sound into like light weapons? Barclays. Yeah. Sorry, how old were you guys when you voted for this? This was last week. Um, <laughs> the sense the next episode. <laughs> I stopped voting for things like that when I was 12. Hey, me and Pat are true believers. <laughs> if they had to, if they made us mail in for the votes, I would have been definitely mailing it in. It would have been, would have been way be easier to get away with some fraudulent votes there. Yeah. Sam, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but you will find this, I think you'll find this very interesting. In the, after, in the Batman comics, you had the first Robin, who's Dick Grayson, and he later became Nightwing. Dick Tracy. So <laughs> Dick Tracy, if you want us to do a Dick Tracy episode, fucking let us know. So I'm up for it. And so they replaced him with a character called Jason Todd, but he was like a carbon copy. And so the fans didn't like it. They're like, why, why are you like, you've already got Dick Grayson out there being Dick. Why have you like, at least make your new Robin different. And so the backlash was real bad for the record in this period of time. Backlash was only received in written letters to Marvel. <laughs> and so. Well, in this case, you see. They they did a they said we're doing a um, we're going to do a a big Batman event and we want the readers to decide the fate of the new Robin Jason Todd so they set up a phone line <laughs> and you would ring the phone line and vote for whether you wanted them to kill off Jason Todd or let him live and the results were the Joker beat him up with a crowbar and he died. <laughs> Savagely beat him. <laughs> it's quite full on. Like I've got that comic. They should. Um, it's it's almost like uh, calling in. You know, early days of walkthroughs. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd imagine this is yeah. It's oh nine hundred. Yeah. Anyway, um, right, descent. descent. <laughs> All timey sinister story. This is great. The only great thing about this is Charles Darwin. Um, yeah, a bit of natural selection, don't mind it. Um, so I think in just London, Chuck's old man. I think it must be like his great grandfather or something. Oh, I, I, that's my question: is who is yeah, the relation of Chuck? I, it's it's a it'll be a direct line because he's got the same creepy eyebrows, but um, and the same voice. Yeah, actor. yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was Professor nice X touch. voice actor is putting on yeah. a slightly British accent, <laughs> <laughs> or is he Australian? <laughs> what like horror? Uh, so it's Victorian era England, and two scientists, Doctor James Xavier and Doctor Nathaniel Essex, uh, hotly debate Charles Darwin's theory of natural selection. Um, Essex believes mutants are the next genetic step forward and begins bizarre experiment involving mutant evolution. And um, he's got a sick wife that he loves, but he gets deep and stuck inside his experiments. He, he it, what's interesting is he's right, but everyone mugs him off, which is ironic because Darwin's advice him was people are going to mug you off, but don't stop what you're doing. And then he presents to Darwin, and Darwin's like, you're a fucking lunatic, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and Essex experiments on himself, instantly becming um, pasty white. <laughs> and um, That's basically how he knew it was working. 
It's basically a sinister origin story. It's like, oh, I'm going to start fucking with my own genetics. Oh, I'm going light blue. Yep, this is, this is going <laughs> well. More of this. <laughs> is, was this episode in fog or was I just bleary-eyed watching it? It was your classic London mm-hmm. fog scene. Little column A, little column B. There was some good uh, Jack the Ripper from Hell type stuff going on. This do you guys like do you guys notice that at one point Sinister has a peppy that is Jack the Ripper? Yeah. Has a what? Peppy, uh, 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 minion. Really? Well, he calls him Jack, and he's dressed like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, he's skulking around like a sort of a, a from Hell scene at the start of the episode. Oh, and he's like running through the streets. No, that yeah, but that was sinister, wasn't it? Right oh, at I'm the start. Sure. No, yeah. right at the start, it was that Jack the Ripper guy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, that was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, being loose because sinister created Jack the Ripper. Is yeah, Jack the Ripper also part of the Marvel comics? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Essex's wife. Wow. Ripper. <laughs> this, this is again this the microphone is... doesn't pick up whistles. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Um, I, I, what I liked about uh, this episode is this is definitely from the comics. The only thing that's missing is that Sinister becomes Sinister not because he experiments on himself, but because he gets a visit from Apocalypse. And Apocalypse likes what he's doing and offers him eternal life to blah, 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 and his mission. And I was like watching this because I couldn't remember it because I've rewatched a lot of these episodes throughout my life, but I haven't dabbled much in season five. And I was waiting, I was hoping for an Apocalypse appearance, but you know, I'm happy Mm. with the version they went with. Certainly a lot of Origin of the Species and Natural Selection chat. Yeah. Was that all meant to be? Was did they actually say it was the Royal Witch Duke that they're at? Because I assume that's what that was. Mm, mm. Tell you who definitely is a character in Marvel Comics, and that's Charles Darwin. He's in it yeah. quite a lot. Uh, seemed but, like yeah. seemed like Essex and uh, his missus. Ooh, um, had it pretty <laughs> sweet before um, he started experimenting on her. Like looked like they had a nice house, lived in London. Mm. But also, nice. she got she was obviously sick, but it did seem like he was curing her. So if he hadn't have made himself scary and white, with was he curing her, or was he? Oh, he was killing her. Well, making her like, mutant. What's that? Is that Munchausen syndrome? What's that? What's mm. that? Uh, does that make sense there? Let us know on the slacks. <laughs> what's that? What is Munchausen? Munchausen by proxy. Is that what it is? Like. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Anyway, well, I thought I'd it was like quite cool. Po- cool little like episode. I enjoyed fa- it. I'd like to point out the fact that I really like that because it was set in London, and the cops were wearing you know classic British police hats. That they slipped straight into classic British police buffoonery by falling over each other. <laughs> and they were like, despite everyone having posh accents, all the police were just full geezers. Oi, yeah. you, come back here. Just <laughs> blowing on their whistles. Yeah. I've got an appointment for some bacon, eggs, and beans. 
One to go, boys. Yeah, let's get into it. This episode's good. I wrote a lot about the synopsis for this episode. I just wrote uh, a lot. So that's a so, so it starts with a mutant human relations summit, and our old mate uh, Henry Peter Gyrich is back, um, and he uh, he attacks and cripples Professor X by disrupting his mutant powers or something. Um. And the X-Men, along with Moira McTuggett, um, try to save Xavier, but they can't do it, and he's dying. Um, and so Cyclops, Wolverine, and Jean, and I, I quite enjoyed that little team-up, uh, inf- infiltrate Genosha, which at this point has been run by Magneto, which is Mint. It's definitely from the comics. To tell Magneto is dying. Um, obviously, they have a little fight first, though, because that's what they do. At this point, Magneto is planning to take over the world with a mutant army because all hope is lost or something. Um, but then he puts his assault on hold uh, to go and pay his respects to Charles. Um, and using Magneto's power of magnetism... <laughs> to enhance the electromagnetic pulses in Professor X's mind. They send a message to the Shi'ar direct to Lalandra because maybe their science can help him. And is she coming? Is she not? I don't know. At least time for Professor X to say a final farewell to every member of the X-Men, which is bloody brilliant. Yes. And then, yeah, it did work, and Lelandra turns up, and she's like, yeah, we can save him, but he's going to have to come with us. Um, that's my synopsis of the episode. Yours, please. Good to see Chuck get all his, his biddies in the finale. It was? All back. his biddies. Yeah, Lelandra. They're all <laughs> coming back. Uh, and Moira. I thought uh, it was great. They, pu- they pulled out all the stops. Uh, they got Magneto, Lalandra, Morph, Genosha, Moira, and Glyrich all back. Mm. Did you love when we were seeing shots of um, the mutants rising up and there was like spray paint on all sorts of walls and one of them said, Viva Magneto. Magneto cool. is my favourite. Apart from Meg. He didn't mm. seem like he was running Genosha all that well, like all of his <laughs> army had- Sleeping on the ground, like some of them had blankets, but not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like with all this, you can just go and rob a bank and stuff, can't he? That's a great speech, Magneto. But we we need to talk to you a little bit about Genosha's infrastructure. <laughs> uh, uh, You're up here of- in this sweet apartment with a great view of all the army sleeping on the ground. <laughs> He, Magneto, fired me up with that speech, and it's a hot take, but I think if I was a mutant, mm. I'd be with Magneto. Mm. It's, this is the thing, right? Like, they built giant robots to kill them. Like, I would, I would, a hundred, I would just, like, live in fear. Like, what else do you do? Um, I quite enjoyed Sunfire, who was the Japanese mutant who was super fired up. Um, but yeah, like you're right. Like I'm, I believe history will say Magneto was right. 
Yeah. There's obviously lots and lots of mutants in the world. And speaking of natural selection, they're clearly uh, better than the humans. Mm. Let's fucking smash them. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. I'm with I you. Liked, I liked how Beach, uh, Beast had ditched his old trench coat and got a new trench coat that looked like a smoking jacket and <laughs> coupled, coupled it with a nice skivvy slash turtleneck. Uh, when they were is that, is it, is that their civvies when they're in their civvies mm, at the start? yeah civvies um, speaking of Beast the reporter who's doing the news report to Trish Tilby was Beast X from the 80s wow mm. um, the Magneto Professor Exchange is very very good um, uh, and, and that, that whole scene the big farewell sesh um, the things he says to everyone, well, nearly everyone, is actually like, like, I can't remember what he says to Gambit. Whatever he says to Gambit is actually like. Okay, so I, I had a little game for you guys, but oh, yeah. it just segue into it nicely. Who has the best goodbye? Is it Morph, Gambit, Jubilee, Storm, Meg, Rogue, Jean, Beast? Does Beast even get a goodbye? I can't remember beasts or Cyclops. Beast, he like turns. Beast like almost nudges him into it. Is, is there anything you would like me to do, Professor? Um, Cyclops <laughs> is kind of the same because he's last, and mm. he kind of walks over and holds his hand. So like, oh, I better say something about. It. But to be fair, the one he says for cycle for one eye is pretty good about you know being a father, and it's quite sweet. Pat, what um, do you reckon? What's your favorite? Um. I watched this late last night, but from memory, I'd I'd go Morph because more because of you know his arc throughout. You know, he got killed off early on you know, in front of his best mate Meg, and then he you know got manipulated to be a bad guy. And now he's back, and he was really carving up in the finale, doing you know getting heaps of praise from everyone. For the record, so it was good good for him. I put next to Morph. Don't think Morph deserves to be there. Uh, I think they called him in because they needed him to do that that um, speech on TV yeah. to make people think the professor was okay. He's just a bit character though in this, and like all those other people are in it. If like every season, like a lot of episodes, he's in about eight episodes. Well, the good news is I found the script for this episode. Uh, how often must a scoundrel prove himself? Is this Gambit? Be- to be a hero before he believes it himself. That was yeah, that was that was that was really good. Um, Megs was good too. Um, I, I thought actually all of them were really good. Morph, <laughs> Jubilee, uh, but all uh, Meg uh, Jeans wasn't great either. It was um, Jeans my oh, first no. first in my heart? Your courage allowed you to see things no other human ever has. You remain the same innocent child I met so very long ago. I think he's got a bit of a thing there. <laughs> but Meg's was great. Made Meg cry. Mm. Um, Storms was really good. Wolverine, Loner, you have found a family. Wild Savage, you have found dignity. Cynic, you have found faith. Also, Rogues was real good. Mm-hmm. Unable to touch yet look around you. You will find you have touched us all. What is Beast? What is Beast? How does Beast thing go? 
I'm trying to find it. Um, so he starts with Morph. Morph, it's nice to see you home. And facing your fears, you've proven yourself truly an X-Men Gambit. Jubilee, you're the future. Storm, beautiful. Mighty as a hurricane. Gentle as the rain. Wolverine, Rogue, Jean. We'll cut this bit out. <laughs> nah, get her in there. Is there, oh yeah, the friend thou hast, oh, he quotes something to him, that's right. The friends thou hast and their adoption tried, grapple them to thy soul with hooks of steel. I don't know what that's from. Mm, neither, should have looked it up. I did like the Scott one, were I your father, I would tell you that no truer son could ever be. I'm proud. Yeah, it was nice. We're done. Yep, we did it. What are you, what are you going to miss? Who, me? Both of you. Been your you favourite. Go Sean. Um, what am I going to miss? I'm going to miss talking about it. Yeah, this is I'm, fun. I'm not going to miss forcing myself to watch them in bed at 10.30. Yeah, they, they won't miss that part. What about you, Sam? It, this was your first watch through. Well, first, you, actually, real exposure to the X-Men. Never yeah. read the comics. Never watched a movie. Um, and honestly, it's fantastic. Really, really great. Uh, it did, obviously, I, I felt like it tailed off pretty much every single season. Um, I, don't, I think the season one was the best. I know um, a lot of critics like season three because of the Phoenix saga in that season. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I, is it the Dark, dark Phoenix it's saga? Both. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I and I would have said that before rewatching this because I thought that Phoenix stuff was great, but it pales in comparison to season one. Season one is yeah. like, oh, good. Well, there's some animation stuff obviously going on, but um, just like in terms of actually being engaged with the content, that's probably was the best. Um, I will forever love Wolverine. Um, and that's not. Yeah, and you can't t- talk me down otherwise. Um, it's interesting on that that Wolverine was obviously popular in the comics as well. He was the first X-Man to get a solo series. But after this, he is everywhere. He's an Avenger. He's got his own series. He's an X-Men. He's an X-Force. Like... There are times during Marvel's history where Wolverine's in like five different comics running at the same time. That's now. He's he's, he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss uh, talking about the floaty chairs. I'm gonna miss <laughs> talking about bad guy bar. <laughs> I'm gonna miss talking about how smell powers are the best power you can have. And uh, and definitely uh, watching Sean's face while me and Sam bad mouth one eye. <laughs> I think we've talked him around. <laughs> yeah, you stopped defending him after a while. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think I'd ever see you stop defending. I'll uh, say this. Cyclops. I'll say this. He sucks in this series, but he's still a good character. <laughs> Read a comic. That's fair. Yeah. Look, and, and I think um, part of the reason I don't like him is because he's the, the opposite of Meg. Mm. And I love Meg. And I think I said this in episode one. When me, Rory, and Todd 
were playing X-Men after watching the first episode and thinking this is the coolest thing we've ever seen. And Rory is the oldest got to choose who'd be who. He chose Meg. He grabbed six butter knives. <laughs> he grabbed a he grabbed a deck of cards and he gave them to me and said, You can be Gambit, he's second course. And then he said, Todd, you can just run around and go bzz. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, that's fantastic! I'm really glad we're, it's over. To be honest, mm. just as you said, just like making yourself watch them. Um, I won't watch them again, but I will. I will dive myself into um a bit of X Men lore. I think we'll let the dust settle for a while. In a couple of months, we'll watch the Spider Man animated series crossover episodes with X Men. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, isn't there X Men that it's carrying on? Ninety seven. Yeah, I'd be more keen to watch it. that. Well, we will watch that, but I don't know. I don't even know when that's coming out. Um, but yeah, I think we can wrap things up. It's been a right. while. Do it for your last time, guys. Can you remember it? <laughs> Who starts, me or you, Pax? I remember it. You just cut and paste the last time we did it. What do I say? Uh, uh, <laughs> um, mission accomplished, buddy. Let's go home. <laughs>